Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on Preds Power Hour on the Chase Thomas podcast. After a week away, don't fret. Fret not, if you will, because the Preds Power Hour is back. Brian Baston of On the Forecheck is here. Brian, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, sometimes I, uh, I some, some some things came up in my life and I wasn't able to make it last week. And the boys were gracious enough didn't didn't fire me on the spot. Um, but you know, sometimes it comes out of nowhere and and life hits you like like your Draymond Green or you know Ooh. just 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 knocks you out. But we're back. We're good to go. We got hockey here in less than two hours for us. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. There you go. Um, I like the Draymond Green pun. Um, Charlie Burris, also here of A to Z Sports, repping the company merch on this edition of the pod. It's true. I am a company man. Uh, <laughs> we we did consider firing Brian, but then we consulted and we were like, well, he's actually the only person that actually knows stuff on the show. So <laughs> that's probably not going to go so hot. So here we are. He's the leader of the program. You put a lot, you have put a lot of trust uh, trust in me, Chase. You've got but this I, whole setup going. You've got this thing. You've got this established successful thing, and and you're like, hey, Brian, you you run this thing. Like, okay, sure. Well, no, you're good, and it's also the best part is that I learn something every week, and I think Charlie feels the same. Where each week we're learning more, and I think it's more. And if we're learning more, I think the listeners are learning more, and I think that's the the way to do it. And I and well, I always. It. I've always um, kind of pushed back against folks who act as though they're experts on something that they are very much not experts on. And mm-hmm. I would very much rather uh, be open about uh, where I'm a novice and where I uh, don't know as much. And oh, I you're talking about me more. again. There. Oh, okay. no. no <laughs> and on that note, you are fired. We're doing a lot of Because that's the only way you learn, folks. I promise. It's okay to admit that you don't know everything. And there are things you don't know. Because you can learn things when mm-hmm. you admit uh, that you don't know them. Never it's a great admit. thing. It's a great system in life. That's right. Um, but... We are here, nonetheless, mm-hmm. to talk all things Nashville Predators and maybe a little NHL too. But uh, Brian, where are we starting in today's show? Well, um, like I said, um, when to you, the the listener and viewers that you're watching at home, this game will have already happened today. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, let us know how it went. <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, pre- I like that part too. Um, but for us, we still have to operate in the past. So we're going to talk about the game that's coming on the Global Series in Prague. But first, we're going to do some recap of training camp um obviously they've got most of their guys sent down to milwaukee or back to their junior teams um they're carrying a roster right now of 27 they're allowed four extra uh for this trip um but then on sunday at noon they've got to make some more cuts but we'll talk about that so let's i wanted to go over uh some of the things we saw at training camp and in the preseason all right Uh, where do you want to start well um i wanted to talk about uh who three groups of players that i wanted to kind of look at we've got the new guys like the new acquisitions your ryan mcdonough's guys like that came over in trades you know our returning veterans obviously the guys we're used to seeing and then the rookies the younger guys um and i wanted to you know kind of go over like who impressed and who kind of disappointed in each one of those groups um so i'm going to start out with with the new acquisitions and you know there's not a, there wasn't a whole bunch you know necessarily i think only a handful of free agents obviously there was ryan mcdonough the big piece and you know nita rider um i wouldn't say from from preseason i was very impressed in the both of them actually i think more so with um with mcdonough i think we knew what nita rider was going to be but mcdonough is a guy that 
you know, his his six billion dollar contract will be worth it because now instead of having a, a third pair of of guys who are just you know not very good and you only trust to play about seven or eight minutes a game, now we they can put you know Dante Fabro or somebody like that, um, you know uh, Alex, Alex Carrier, somebody who's got like legitimate skill on that third pair and not be a complete liability. So I think, you know, McDonough was a pleasant surprise, but this is, you know, everybody I know who, who covers the the lightning, they were like, this is exactly what we told you about this guy. Like you're going to love him. So that was good. Um, you know, as far as, as other guys who were disappointments, there were only a handful of guys in this group. I think uh, John Leonard, who came over from San Jose, um, he kind of wasn't, again, he was in part of that Luke Cunning trade. He was, it was just nice that we got that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he didn't, he never really stood out, not in training camp, not really in preseason. He had some, he had a couple points in preseason play. Um, but other than that, nothing that was really kind of rocked me, but I think he'll be a fine AHL player. It, I don't have, I wish I had a better answer than that for, for this group, but there wasn't too many of them. So, um, you know, from those, if you guys got to catch any of, of like the preseason, anything like that, you know, especially guys like Niederreiter McDonough, did any of those, either of those two kind of stand out that you saw? What about you, Charlie? Uh, I mean, the uh, the only thing that I have been able to watch was that game against SC Burn, and yeah, I mean they they were pretty much as advertised. I would ask um, the Predators almost lost that game. Why are we going to suck this season, Brian? Why? <laughs> How did we let this happen? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. They only gave up. I think they outscored people in the preseason, including SC Burn, like twenty-two to eight. Yeah, won, power- won that Lightning game like seven to one. Yeah, and yeah. Then- um, I think part of it is, yeah. They're, I mean, they're just, of course, they're going to suck just because you know they almost lost to to the European team. So it's just tank. Season's it's time over. to get that. Yeah. Uh, although I, I think they had a hard time adjusting to the international ice, uh, which, if you know me, I mean, this might- just happened in the NBA. Right? The Phoenix Suns lost to the NBL team, and I said on Twitter that night. Uh, that night when that happened, it was the ge- day before the SC Burn game. And I said, Predators fans, if I see a single one of you <laughs> laughing about this tonight, like we know who to come after. Like, don't you dare close your mouth. Don't look at it. Just mm-hmm. say nothing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But that international ice, that's my thing. I love it. It's much more wide open. It allows that that space for, you know, how you see teams play like an overtime three on three. They've got all the space to move and create, you know, create offense. It's awesome to watch. And internationally, they have that. It's much, much wider. It's kind of weird to watch, but it's really great because you get to see some of your forwards like really make some plays. And uh, I think they just had a little bit of time, a hard time adjusting to it. They'd have all probably played on it multiple times in their careers, whether that was juniors or Olympics, you know, world, uh, world championships, but probably not as a group like that. So it took them a little while, but of course, Roman Yossi in his hometown, um, you know, they talked about him riding his bike to practice to sell candy bars so he could get tickets to go see SC burn. It's like, yeah, of course he did. Every part of that whole thing with, with Yossi where they were like, his grandparents got to watch him play live for the first time ever. And all this, so it was just like, Oh, this is so cute. That's yeah. And then he scores two goals. I mean, it was, you couldn't have written it better. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, but it, it was great to see that, you know, again, Niederreiter and McDonough were both good as advertised. Like you said, it kind of looked like a regular, you know, the units operated like it was a regular season yeah. game. They were pretty efficient. So, you know, that was good. Um, talking about some of the returning players. So these are guys that were, you know, spent a good amount of time on the roster last year. Um, you know, there were a couple guys that really impressed me, you know, throughout practice. Uh, we saw a lot more of some of the veterans that second, you know, part of, of training camp and into the, 
preseason. They got a good amount of time. There wasn't anybody who didn't, you know, didn't play any preseason games. Um, but just absolutely blown away by the effort of, of Tanner Janot. And I know we talk about mm-hmm. him quite a bit. They got him working on the on the power play uh, in practice, which would be really great to see. I mean, he scored twice in the preseason on that power play unit with the first unit, which was excellent to watch. Um, but he's just, he. you can tell that he is just a really tenacious guy. I mean, continually, but he's, he's really taking advantage. He's got a lot more confidence, I think. He's not this new guy that's coming in. Um, so he's playing harder. He's playing a little bit more disciplined, but it's preseason. You know, so it's hard to tell that. But it seemed like he had a little bit more, less bull in a china shop and just maybe a slightly smaller bull in a, in a bigger china shop. So he's getting there. But I was, I was really kind of blown away. You know, the regular guys, your Forsbergs, your Duchesnes looked fantastic as always. Didn't look like they hadn't missed a step. But I think Jano really was the one who, who uh, leapt out and surprised me. Um, I'm going to save one of these, though, for my disappointments. I'm going to save that for a couple sec- segments down because I've got a lot more to say about this. But another guy who was really just kind of just kind of disappeared to me was Colton Sissons. And again, this is mm. like, your, you know, your career, you know, forever third line center. He, he's fine. He's a good two way defensive guy. He's not going to make a lot of defensive mistakes, but he just seemed a lot slower. Um, a little bit wasn't his decision making didn't seem as good. Um, and that's something you don't expect out of a guy like him. He's usually a very safe, very smart player. Um, you know, his reason why they gave him that, like, was it seven year, like $1.5 million a year deal? Like just a very weird deal to give out for someone to take that much term for that little money. But he'll be here. I mean, when you when you fall asleep, Colton Sissons will be there when you wake up, he'll still be there. So but, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully he gets, you know, this gets sorted out. But there's a lot of competition coming from that bot in that bottom six, especially with all the young guys. And so it'll be interesting to watch to see, you know, what he does. Um and then with the rookies, um, again, I, I have to really beat the drum uh, about you. So Parson, I've been talking about him for a while, but another guy I want to talk about is Kiefer Sherwood. Um, this is a guy who, who was brought over um, 27 years old. Um, he played, you know, he played, he's played a handful of NHL games in his career. He played, you know, I think uh, a dozen or so. Um, he's been an AHL guy. And as of right now, he's going to be starting on the second line with Ryan Johansson and Nito Niederreiter. Hmm. Um, he did that in the uh, last two preseason games as well. Um, the, you know, John Hines just said this morning that that spot's still open for competition, but he's been there. Um, and he's been, I mean, great. He, he kind of reminds me of Daniel Carr a few years ago. Daniel Carr was a guy who was 28. Uh, he was the uh, reigning AHL player of the year. It scored something, you know, obscene amount of points. And seemed really good in, in practices, but just never really connected it. He was just a very good AHL guy. That's kind of what his ceiling was. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case for Sherwood, but I don't think he's going to spend all season centering the second line of with Ryan Johansson and Niederreiter. Um, so, but he's been, you know, he's, he stood out to me every game, uh, you know, mentioned a couple things about him during training camp as well. He really, he really, uh, he really stood out. Um, disappointments. It's, it's, it's hard to um, I think I would say disappointment in just the case of, of Yusuf Parson and just the case that he they sent him down to Milwaukee, which ultimately is what he needs. He's been playing overseas. He needs a, a year kind of on in North America to adjust to the level. AHL is a higher you know caliber league than what he's used to. But man, I really wanted him in Nashville to start the year. It's just just a personal thing because he's 
you know, I'd asked several players after the preseason games and, and I asked them, you know, who are the young guys that they've been watching really stood out? And every single one of them said Parson. And they're like, this guy, this kid is ridiculous. There's no, why does he, why was he a seventh round pick? Like he's ready to be in the NHL now. So why is that though? Um, so he honestly, like, and I think I've told the story about when they went to go, uh, when they went to draft him, the draft registry didn't have his name in their database. And so they mm. had to go and get information before they could announce the pick. Uh, he was just a, he's a little bit, you know, it's hard. He, he, he kind of exploded onto the scene, like right, like the six months before the draft, um, but was playing a little bit. He was playing the second league overseas and just, I, you know, it, the hard part was that those years that was around the COVID time. And so international scouting, like going out in person was not happening. And so you had to be there or just be all watching film. And, and luckily for Nashville, they've got, you know, they've got tremendous guys, uh, especially with, with Sweden, Finland, obviously, as you see, you know, the amount of those type, those players that are on the Preds roster. Um, and, and they, they picked up on him. I can't, I can't remember who it was. Um, Kiklan, I believe, or the Finnish uh, scout was the one who found him and, glad he did because there are a lot of teams kicking themselves that you know they're like we could have spent a second or a third on him so you know again it's hard to say disappointment the rest of the guys were not too bad you know just kind of what you expect for you know whatever age like part in their development they are there are in there was nobody who really just stunk um but you know they also were a bunch of kids you know they're all 19 18 year olds and playing well, why do you think the nhl players and the guys you were talking to before the the games and in the scrums think mm. he's ready and want him to stay uh you know one of the things they mentioned was uh his, his like his vision you know as a kind of catch-all term but just his ability to be aware of where he is on the ice and how to either create space or shut down space in the case of mm. playing defense and to be able to know where his teammates are or where the puck, the guy carrying the puck is going to be at all times um he's got a pretty like a pretty good shot i think better than i was expecting it's it's he's got a good amount of accuracy on his wrister and it's it's kind of fun to watch in person but he's hmm. just a strong looking skater as well um you know during rookie camp i had said that luke evangelista was kind of like the only guy that i saw there like who looked like he kind of was like an nhl skater the rest of hmm. them were younger guys parson by training camp and in the preseason he looked like he belonged and so you know it's just that he's, he's tenacious he scored points i mean everybody had something to say about him pretty much after every training camp practice. So, hmm. you know, it's a thing, but for his development, the roster's crowded, you know, it's, it's, it's for the best, but for me, and I think a lot of people, we were all hoping to see him maybe sneak onto the roster. Well, if he does eventually get on, who do you think is the odd man out? Who do you think he replaces? Who should be uh, looking over their shoulder right now? I mean, you can look at a guy like, you know, Kiefer Sherwood or, um, a, a, a Colton Sissons. They probably would never do that though. Uh, you know, who's ever sitting at the on that fourth line of uh, Ellie Tolvin was benched towards the end of last season. Um, Philip Tomasino is currently not starting today's game. Uh, he could be another guy and we'll talk more about him soon. But, uh, you know, he he could come in and do it. I mean, again, like they've got that bottom line. And it looks like of like Cody Glass and Tolvin and maybe Tomasino or somebody like that, um, which I think would be a good spot for a guy like Parson, uh, you know, this season. But I don't expect him to be in the bottom bottom line too long when he does get to the nhl he seems like a guy who probably top out as a second line a good good you know i would say maybe 60 65 point score uh, score within a couple years of you know full time in the nhl you know i could see him putting up 20 plus goals you know we'll see how long that lasts but i think i think his development has been crazy he skyrocketed and so you know he, he he's got a good ceiling he's got something for a seventh round pick you couldn't ask for you couldn't ask for better, honestly. So 
Yeah, the, the like first it. name yeah. that came to mind for me for like replacement there was Ellie Tolvanen. I, I don't know if that makes the most sense, no. but he I think he's been sort of underwhelming in his time in Nashville overall. But then I remember specifically there was so much frenzy around him coming in. It, mm-hmm. It's not like that yet with Parsonen, although if they don't pick him up, it might be. But I just remember them being like, why is he not playing? Why is he not playing? Why is he not playing? Everybody was freaking out. And then he came, and ultimately I don't know that he actually was ready. Um, it, it He still is not totally settled in, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, he, he was the first person that came to mind. I don't – yeah, it, that would be hard to see them replace Sissons, mm-hmm. even though maybe they should, but regardless. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 going to be interesting, but I mean, that kind of does roll in to, to the, what we're going to go over here next with that. Um, you know, we obviously a bunch of these guys that the roster is down to 27. I can do a quick kind of read through of the guys that are down who got sent down. So obviously um, your big guys, uh, uh, Askarov, in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. he he looks to be the guy right now that's currently in Milwaukee as far as goaltenders go. Um, so it's going to be real excited there. I know that they're very he's been hamming it up for the, the Milwaukee cameras up there in practice. Like the, the photographer says they have to tell him to stop looking at the camera and smiling. Uh, but he's you know, he's he's an awesome guy. When talked to him, he was hilarious and even in, in camp and preseason, um, you know, Yusuf Parson, Luke Prokop went down to the uh, down to juniors. Um, Luke Evangelista, uh, Igor Afanasyev, my boy, um, Zachary Leheru. He was the um, second round pick uh, two years ago, I believe. He actually we just found out yesterday, last night actually. He may be out for six to eight weeks with an injury. Not quite sure what that is, but he's an sh- extremely physical player, um, known for getting in a lot of fights, and so um, he's just really good to back it up. So you kind of let him do it. And so I'm not sure still what that injury is, but that's kind of a Big blow for him and his development with six to eight weeks. Um, obviously, you know, guys like Carmel, he went back overseas to go play in, in juniors uh, a little bit before training camp. Um, Devin Cooley, the other goaltender that's going to be down there along uh, alongside Tomas Fomaka. So those are the three in Milwaukee. You know, the guys you expect. Um, the no, no huge surprises of those things. But the interesting part is, so we talked about Philip Tomasino. He is. He did not play in the last preseason game. He did travel, and he is not playing today. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him slotted in tomorrow for the second game on the back-to-back in, in Prague, uh, just for the fact that they may want to just be like, all right, here's one game against the same opponent, put you in the same spot, see who can kind of do it. Um, he was a little underwhelming in the preseason. He was kind of the biggest disappointment, I think, of all the players out of all the groups, um, You know, especially the game against... Uh, uh, on Thursday night, he, I think I counted four plays where it was either like an odd man rush or it was him and another guy against, you know, two on one. Mm-hmm. And either he was the, the guy making the pass to a wide open guy and completely miss him, you know, cross eyes across the face of the goalie, the, the perfect pass you want, or they, someone would make a great pass to him and he'd just completely miss it. Uh, I'm not hmm. sure what it is. He's a guy that you don't see them making, make, making mental mistakes like that very often, but something just feels a little bit off, probably just confidence, you know, it kind of snowballed throughout camp with all these new guys coming in. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting, but even more interesting is that Tomasino is out of these 27 guys. They've got until Sunday to make four more cuts to get down to 23 for the season. And Tomasino is the only guy left on the roster who is waiver exempt. So 
you know, hmm. for, you, for those of you who don't know, again, like, so when players come in, especially when they're on their ELC, when they first get signed, they've got a certain amount of years of of this waiver exempt exemption rule. So basically they get once they accrue a season, which I believe is, is it nine games, nine NHL games, and that counts as them accruing a season. Otherwise, they can play up to nine and then not count against them. Mm-hmm. So luckily for Tomasino, he he showed up a little bit early. He he's gotten some time in, but he's still waiver exempt. So he can be sent down without worried about being claimed. Hmm. But that still leaves the rest of the roster, which, you know, if you look, there's not a ton of there's not a ton of, of space. So again, there's four of these guys, as we talked about before, there's Connor Ingram, there is uh Kevin Lincoln and, and UC Saros all on the trip. It's going to be very difficult for them to spend all season or at least to start the year to spend three spots on three goaltenders. Um, so that part's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, I can I can tell you right now, I know from what I'm hearing from a couple of people who write about teams, they're very interested in seeing what's happening to Ingram because not only is this a guy where you're like, oh, we could get him and he could be a, a 10, 15 game backup. And they're like, they're thinking this guy could play 30 games because our goaltending is bad. We can play mm-hmm. 40 games right now. Um, you know, they got everybody, the world got to look at him against Colorado, you know, when he, when they nearly pulled off the upset because of him. So that's going to be a very difficult one. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to showcase him maybe in the game uh, tomorrow um, and try to work out a deal to trade him, which I, I talked about how I feel about this and why they, they're like Lincoln is the guy they need. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, but I think Ingram is a really good, high-quality backup goaltender. Kevin Lankinen has looked good all preseason, surprisingly good all preseason, but he's not that. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting, but that's just one of four spots. You know, Tomasino could be that guy, and that saves them where he can go down. They don't have to worry about anybody claiming him. But then you still have, you know, you're, you're, you know you've got they've got eight defenders right now, um, guys that, you know, probably are going to make a Sherwood. I didn't think was going to um shows what i know um but you know a, a lot of guys they're kind of fighting for you know is is, is a is tolvanen going to be in there is it going to be you know some of these other guys who are sitting sitting there and just kind of tweeners who are, are getting some time getting some uh time in like cody glass you know there was a, if if anybody had have seen the the ep- first episode of the uh behind the glass on the nhl network of talking showing the training camp for the predators doing behind the scenes a great scene with with them calling cody glass into the office with uh, david poyle and john himes let him know that he had made the team and was going on the trip i did see this yeah and i mean that's that that you know his reaction there was exactly how he was when we talked to him a couple times during camp like he was just he's like this is my last chance he's like the predators gave me a second chance they gave me a year to recover from my injury and re get my game back and focus in milwaukee and he's like i'm just happy to be here that's all i care about he's like i have to give him everything on this one you know we're just like wow i mean and it, it showed on tv and i'm glad that people got to see that i you know he's a guy i think that i don't see him being cut or waived um mm. but you know it's hard because there's a lot of guys on there that you want to keep on the team uh but you know you you run the risk of, of losing them um you know and so I'm very, very curious to see where they go with that. Um, I think Tomasino and, and Ingram, those are the two biggest ones to watch. Tomasino, you can send him down, but people are a little disappointed. You know, obviously they want to see him. He played a bunch of games last year. And then Ingram, you know, is this is we gonna is the Predators prepared to try to waive him and maybe lose him for absolutely nothing in return? So 
it's going to be very, very interesting to watch. So what do you think ultimately happens? Who, what are your predictions? Who, who ultimately, what are the four moves that they make before Sunday? If you had to put on your expert clairvoyant Brian hat, what do you think ultimately happens? Um, so I think they're going to think they're going to send uh, Tomasino down to start the season. And I'm okay. not, I don't hate it. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a, a bad uh, move. You know, I think that it'll be fine. Let him get some confidence back in the AHL. He tore up the AHL a couple years back. He can come back at any point in time. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think um, Jordan Gross is a guy who's kind of signed as AHL, but he's still on the team. Him and Zach Sanford, I think, are two more. So if you count those two, um, I think Jankowski, the veteran guy, I thought he was going to be an AHLer, but I think he's going to stay on the roster just from numbers. And then that I think the fourth one is going to – I don't know how they're going to get out of this, this Ingram situation. Um, I'm hoping to be surprised, but even a trade is still a loss, even if it's getting something back, I think, on this. And so – I think I think they're going to they're going to roll the dice and see what happens with Ingram. Um, I don't see them trying to wave Kevin Lincoln in, but I mean they could, and you know, give him his two million dollars or whatever. And I don't think anybody's going to claim him. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, but I don't think they're going to do that to a guy, an older guy who they signed just as a free agent. So, yeah. So I'm going to say Gross, um, Sanford, Tomasino, and Ingram. Unfortunately, interesting. What do you make of that, Charlie? I, I mean, I'm not as well versed in those moves. I, I pretty much defer to Brian on that stuff because I, uh, to be completely honest, too busy doing all this Tennessee stuff over here. So it's <laughs> honestly very informative to hear what you have to say because I, yeah, that that goalie situation is interesting. I've definitely wondered where they're gonna go there. Uh, it's also been interesting. This is a little bit beside the point, but the the hype coming into this game with uh, UC Saros. I feel like people are like expecting him to be like a Vesna winner this year, which would be amazing. Uh, whoop, that's an alarm on my phone. Um, but the um, do do you think he'll deliver this year? Just thinking about the goalie situation, you know, it starts it starts in what an hour, uh, or is it was it two two p.m. Central time? Is it two hours from now? It's know. it's it's one central. So one yeah, central, over, okay, two Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I will buy you guys both a case of beer if he doesn't finish as a finalist for the Vesna again. Hmm. And I think Shersesken has, Igor in, in, in New York has been fantastic. I think he is a guy that's going to continue to get better, kind of like UC Saros says. I think Vasilevsky, you know, he's getting a little bit older, but I mean, I don't know what the odds are, but and I don't usually make bets, but I feel like UC Saros, I mean, at least to be a finalist is easy money, but I mean, I wouldn't doubt him, him finishing and, and, and getting the Vesna this year. I mean, he was incredible last season. I think he started more games than any other player. He has gotten it. Like, his biggest for me in, in those years with, when he was splitting time with Pecorine was his biggest issue was his rebound control. And that was something that Pecorine was always very, very, very good at. And so it kind of, when you look at the comparison, you know, obviously one is very big and one is very small, but uh, the other thing is again, that rebound control and he has completely cleaned up. He went from being, I think when I was looking at the uh, some, some numbers uh, I think he was like 36th a couple of years back in rebound control. And then now he's like, fourth 
Hmm. I mean, wow. just a ma- I mean, he's he's been a guy who has made up for his size by his technique, and it's he just keeps doing it. He just keeps like, oh, this thing is not like I'm. This is a weakness in my game. All right, fine. Like I'll work on it for, uh, you know, two months in the season. It'll be ironed out. Don't worry. And there you go. So him staying healthy is you know an injury is the only thing I think keeping him from from finishing that high. But the hype is real. I mean, it's use. He's he's incredible. You know, you saw how this team went. They they made a push to the playoffs on his back and then lost him for the playoffs. And you saw what happened. So he, he is my my single hope to have a genuinely like good season. I'm I, I would say I'm expecting middle of the road. Uh, and he's what I would hang my hat on is if he can just have a miracle year. But um, the cup year, they were the last team to make it in the playoffs. You know, I, I feel better yep. about this team than I did about that one. And, you know, all it takes is a good goaltender getting hot in the playoffs. And you can ride that almost all the way, as we saw. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, we'll see. I think he's the biggest factor in that. But, yeah, that, the hype's real. The hype is is 100% real. Please, from, from your mouth to God's ears. Let That's it, right. <laughs> let it happen. <laughs> yeah, and it's good. I mean, Pecorine's joined the staff. He's there. I got to. Yeah. I got to you know, sh- you know, talk with him in the uh, media room during one of the intermissions talking about our kids and playing hockey, which was a surreal to do that. Um, he's to realize he also, he's talking about his actual, you know, his kid and like what, when, you know, when he gets older, what he's going to do, not you see. So um, who he is constantly referred to as his son. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's cool. That was a little bit of a, a little bit of a flex. You guys get to, you know, hang out with Jonathan Crompton and some Vol- Vols guys and stuff. That's I'm pretty like, dope. Oh, I got yeah. to talk. Yeah, but I mean, it's good. And I think that's only because he's a goaltending advisor, too. So, I mean, he's only, it's going to help you see it's going to it's going to help him. And, you know, we know after last year he didn't need it, but it's only going to improve it. So I'm excited. I like it. I like it. Well, we'll wrap up with this. There's more actual on the ice hockey coming up uh, today. You mentioned at the top of the show, Brian, that this is an opportunity for us to prove our clairvoyant skills. Mm-hmm. San Jose. uh uh, nashville today uh, mm-hmm. but y'all are hearing this after the game how does it go brian and what are you looking for uh with the games from now uh before and up until our next recording what are you most interested in following um so they don't play again after this weekend until next thursday so mm-hmm. we'll be able to talk about that um but i think you know san jose this is one of those games where it's like this you know nashville should win this but just circumstances and it's the nhl that like i feel like they could drop i'm not concerned about that as much i think Mm. if they if they do lose it's going to be because of like just bad mistakes or you know uc soros just has an off day just because i just talked about him um but i mean the san jose sharks you know they they kind of have done a big rebuild they are maybe they are going to finish bottom three i think in the nhl just because arizona and chicago nobody could be worse than those two are right now um you know they've got guys like timo meyer who's who's fantastic he had a great year last year after that there's not much tomas hurdle um obviously you know it's big game for him because he is from the czech republic um he's had a pretty good year he's he's on the sec the first line i think with timo meyer and then rounding out you know this is indication of the talent level in in san jose rounding out the first line with timo meyer and thomas hurdle is luke cunning so Hmm. That kind of say they've they, they said they've been pleasantly surprised by him, but uh, you know, um, a couple of the writers that I follow as San Jose, they're like, 
it's easy to be pleasantly surprised with kind of what's on the ice right now in San Jose. So, you know, we're, we'll see some guys, um, Nick Bonino, former predator. Hmm. Um, you'll see him there. Um, you know, Eric Carlson is, I liked that deal when it happened, but I was wrong. Um, very wrong. You know, Mark Edward Vlasic is a guy I always liked as like a pure defensive def- defenseman, but that was three, four years ago. And he's kind of, again, to, to, to steal a quote from, from JD over over with the Locked On uh, Sharks podcast, um, he's just a a worn out husk of what he used to be, which his words, not mine. Uh, but you know, and then of course another familiar face in Matt Benning, um, you know, who is who is Borvietsky's uh, partner. Uh, he'll he'll be on the third pairing, which I think is fine for him. And then James Reimer is he's fine. He's not. I mean, he's not gonna. He'll probably go you know a couple games above 500 in his in his but it's not going to be great um and then Kapokakinen is backing him up it's it's there's nothing to indicate that this should be too much of a struggle for for Nashville I think they just got depth um you know they've got a good first line uh in San Jose but after that it's kind of just tumbleweeds you know and I think you know when you've got guys like Ryan Johansson you know Nierreiter on the second line and then you've got the herd line with Tanner Janot and Colton Sissons and Yakov Trenin on the third on the third line Yakov Trenin as as you probably know by now they did approve the Russian players to go play um you know like that third line against you know any of the bottom six or even the second line for San Jose they're going to eat them up um they're going to slow the game down and just spend all the time you know forechecking and it's going to slow them down and Nashville has shown some some fast break capabilities in, in the preseason. So we're going to see, I'm not worried about it. I'm very excited to watch this thing. The game against SC burn was incredibly fun um, to, kind of, to see. I mean, they were doing like all these chants for all the players. Like it was, it was incredible. And looking at O2 arena in Prague, uh, it's the, it's the second largest hockey arena of all of Europe. Hmm. Um, they built it about 20 years ago. Uh, you know, after they had a big kind of revolution in Czech hockey um, over there. And so, um, they built this thing up, but I mean, it's, it's, if you look at pictures, it's incredible looking like they've modified it. So it looks like better than probably half the NHL arenas smaller, but it looks incredible for a 20 year old building. Um, you know, and it'll be cool. I mean, I, I know talking to, uh, talking to some of the people who are over in the Czech Republic right now, they said the crowds are already going nuts. So, um, it's going to be really cool. And I, I want to kind of end this, you know, kind of tie all this together by asking you guys, some trivia and i know that you guys have said you know you're not the experts but i think this should be a a, a name that you might get so um one of the most prominent predators um was from the czech republic um he spent uh 11 i think 11 and a half seasons with the nashville predators um from 2001 up until 2012 something happened after 2012 um top five in club history and in career games goals and points. So, I mean, he's, I think he's third in points of 481 in the, in the franchise history, but this guy is, you know, kind of a name that's going to be in Predators history forever. Do you know who this player is? No idea. Um, he is more famous because of how he left the team and what came in his place. Oh, is, uh, was it the Forsberg trade? Was it? It was. Oh. It was Martin. My, Martin. Yeah, Martin yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, very nice. Yep, yep. I think he's, it's really funny about him. Um, I think like my first year covering the Preds, um, I had maybe written like three articles 
And this has never happened since, but I had a friend request on Facebook and it was Martin Erat. And I was like, sure, nothing <laughs> has ever come of it. But I'm just like, I'm not going to make fun of the Forsberg trade uh, on Facebook. So <laughs> I'm going to be cool about it. So, but yeah, just thought that was interesting. One of the best Czech players that, that Nashville has had. They don't have any right now. Charlie, circle gets the square. Good job, buddy. Glad I did not know that. I did not know he was from, from the Czech Republic. That's interesting. And I, we can't make that joke anymore, honestly, because they win one a cup before we did. So. You know, yeah, yeah, I guess they didn't win it with Martin Erat. No, they did not. No, I wouldn't. I yeah, no, but yeah, they won it with our old coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, but that that's you know, I think that was a nice little bow to tie on the tie all this together. But you know, shout out to Martin Erat. You know, you're again, you're a top five in franchise history. You have to give respect to it. But you know, your service was was not in vain, and we appreciate it. And that the man that, that replaced you is getting paid eight eight and a half million dollars for the next seven years. So, you know, I, I do really love, and I'm, I'm excited to see the foreign crowd because the, the way people specifically in Europe, like perceive American sports is always really fascinating to me because they, you know, they don't have college sports and they love sports that we don't, you know, soccer is massive mm-hmm. and uh, they, they just have different interests. So I'm, and, and like, uh, I love how you see, uh, like, Switzerland. I mean, Yossi's just a rock star, dude. They mm-hmm. just are, are all about him. And, I, yeah, there's no Czech players on the current Predators roster, but I feel like they'll they'll still be out there. They'll still be excited to see uh, what's, what's oh, yeah. going on. But I'm, I'm, all, I'm just kind of fascinated by that because the culture around sports here is so different. But I also feel like it's even more wild than ours. Like, you see – like riots and craziness and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sports. Yeah. I mean, especially there, you know, kind of Eastern Europe, like, you know, th- this area that they're in, um, you know, it's, it's become a kind of a hotbed for hockey. A lot of these guys are, a lot of these countries have had, you know, small hockey programs for years and had like one or two players kind of make the league, but then they've had a lot, you know, again, like the Czech Republic did uh, back in the early two thousands, uh, you know, these things are and so they, when a guy makes it to the league out, out of this, these countries and it's like the guy, you know, they're going to go nuts. So for him, I mean, if you look at this hockey, arena, it was built to be a hockey arena. They've hosted world, the world championships. They've hosted, um, tons of stuff, KHL, the gathering cup in the, in the KHL it's, it's a, it's made for hockey. And so they are very excited to, to have these two teams. I mean, I think even if, if hurdle, uh, wasn't, you know, on, on the, uh, on the sharks, I think they'd still be just as excited because it's it. Yeah, they really take it seriously over there. You're exact, absolutely correct. I mean, you even think about it like you say, like they're the guy. Like in in Swiss sports, who it would well, be Yossi, what Federer? Roger yeah, Federer? I'd say I was getting ready to say so. Like I would say active. It's definitely Roman Yossi right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a good dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would put Yossi, you know, even with my biggest Homer glasses on, I'm not going to say that he's bigger than Roger Federer. But, no. <laughs> but uh, you know, for active though now, yeah, I mean, is what, you know, there's there's Kevin Fiala, you know, those guys, types yeah, of guys. Yeah. But that's, I mean, Roman Yossi was just named like uh, the 10th best player in the NHL by uh, a, a poll. I think it was uh, not on The Athletic, but it was TSN. So, you know, that's... You know, it's it's been a long time since Nashville's had one of those type of guys who's been that good, and you know, it's not. There's nobody going out there being like, man, he's he's kind of overrated. I don't think he's the tenth best. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that's probably yeah. right. So, like, not nine. Oh, that's fine. I guess. Okay, sure. You know, so 
Well, hopefully yeah. that game is an indication of things to come because the dude are obviously already had a superstar season last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard. Only six players in the last like 30 years, six defensemen have gotten past 90 points and Roman Yossi is one of them. So, I mean, that's it's insane how, how, how good of a season he had. He outscored a ton of forwards, high yeah. scoring forwards. So there you go. Uh, Brian, what can the good folks check out from you over at on the forecheck and the good team over there this week? So much. There's so much happening in the next week. Uh, even even though it's just two games, we've got the roster cuts. We've got twenty. You know, down to the twenty three. Uh, when we recapping today's game somehow. Um, you know, and then doing the same probably for tomorrow. Maybe doing the preview for tomorrow. Then we'll have some. Uh, I'll probably have a p- analysis piece for Monday morning to talk about the two games and and what we saw. Um, you know, after some of the news and the dust has settled. Um, but yeah, you, there's going to be a ton of that. You know, we're going to be the Renegades Puck on YouTube, uh, led by Charlie Sonia. You can find them on on Twitter at Renegades Puck. We're going to be recording our first show this evening after the game and after almost every game this season. So make sure you catch that. We've got a great crew. Again, Sean Smith over at A to Z Sports is with us. Uh, you know, we've got Greg Mashopoulos, uh, Kyle Perkins, Charlie, uh, you know, Rachel, a writer over at OTF. It's good. It's a good fun crew i really enjoy doing that and so you guys check that out it's a great thing to kind of listen to uh the mornings after game days there you go what about you charlie over at a to z sports and the the good folks over there well i will just double plug renegades of puck is my go-to to listen to after games nobody better but um yeah tennessee football in full swing and somehow they're actually good this year it looks like so that's great <laughs> or at least so far through not, four games. not just good they're great uh the the hype is horrifying me um in a good way though so i'm very, just extremely nervous now because the lsu game actually means something it means a lot and because if you you win this game now and you only lose to Alabama before the Georgia game. The Georgia game will be for the SEC East, which mm. who knew that would be a thing. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, uh, po- halftime post game with former Vols quarterback Jonathan Crompton. You'll find me there on the A to Z Sports Network, A to Z Sports.com, YouTube on A to Z Sports Nashville. Um, and otherwise, I write stuff on A to Z Sports.com. Oh, and the Big Orange podcast every Monday at 4 p.m. live streamed on the I was wondering. Yeah, on, on the same A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. You can find it there. We've been blown up doing doing the best numbers we've ever done. Shout out to Tennessee football for winning because that's how that happens. <laughs> so. It's it's a lot of fun to listen to your your halftime, like your intermission or intermission. God, I've been my brain has been broken. Uh your halftime and post-game stuff. It's really it's very entertaining to listen to. So make sure you guys are checking that out. I appreciate that. Um, did you ask Zach how the NLE ended up going? Uh, <laughs> I did. So at the end of our last uh, mm-hmm. show, I am completely agnostic to that whole situation. I'm a Rangers fan. We suck yeah. out loud, so I don't really care. Um, yeah, I did ask him. He was uh, not too happy about the old Mets. Uh, for those that don't know, my co-host of the Big Orange Podcast, big, mm-hmm. big Mets fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Literally, when he went earlier this year up to New York and went to Mets games. I mean, he is all about it. Um and poor guy they blew it sky high <laughs> well at least he got really to see him when they were in first blow. place which was the majority of the season which is just yeah. like winning the division i mean it, atlanta atlanta went and took it they down the stretch man they just turned on the jets i don't know i it annoys me because i i'm actually like pretty bitter about the braves 
because everybody I've always, I've always been a Rangers fan. And that'll do it for this edition of <laughs> I've, I've, I've always been a Rangers fan mm-hmm. and just the Braves. Every everybody's a Braves fan. It, mm-hmm. You know, in Knoxville, lived uh, for most. Ted of my Turner, life. his so, influence, uh, it it was huge. Because I because I've always I've always just I wanted a Tennessee team. That's why I'm a Rangers fan. My cousins live in in Dallas Fort Worth, and I mm-hmm. would go to games with them. I always wanted a Tennessee team, and I was always like, guys, the entire fan base for the Braves is Georgia fans. They're the worst. Like, don't give them the benefit of being like fans with them, but. But you it's know, also I mean, not true. You go to North I, Carolina, it's Braves country. Was just you do. There. They come it's, from all over. Yeah, it's all over. That's why I actually would push back into Charlotte or Nashville Major League Baseball team. I'm like, you're, I mean, if it's not even the Braves, it's a lot of Cubs here. Like, you just have a lot of Cubs fans here. It's, right. It is on the horizon for Nashville, I think, though. They're yeah, really pushing They're working on it. Really, they're working really on it hard. We'll see. I just don't think people are going to care that I, you're going to have, it's going to take a long time to flip a lot of young kids. And I, I don't know. I don't think what? it goes well. I think it would go exactly like the the Titans have gone. So the, I've hmm. always said this: the Titans had nightmare timing because Tennessee football ran the state of Tennessee, still does largely. Um, and then Peyton Manning left and went to Indianapolis the same year yeah. that yeah. the Titans came to town, and every Tennessee fan became a Colts fan. Yes, and so all those included. fans they could have had, they lost. Um, and so they, they've been recovering from that ever since. It's literally been the last five years that anyone's given a crap about the Titans <laughs> outside of me and maybe to Brian or some folks in Nashville. But no, not at all. Uh, yeah. So because me, like you, I, I didn't have a Tennessee team growing up and foolishly hitched my wagon to a Dallas based team. And I'm still oh, right. paying That's for right. that That's mistake right. to this yeah. day. The somehow three and one, uh, you know, uh, Dallas Cowboys, the first the first quarterback to win his first four starts in franchise history, Cooper Rush. Yes. <laughs> wow. What a, yeah. what a record. But yeah, yeah it's I something. Mean, I, it, it has been a journey being a long-suffering Titans fan. They got me in, in uh, 2000 with the Super Bowl, and they've been killing me ever since. But Yeah. Uh, By the way, speaking of Peyton Manning, real fast, if y'all didn't see um, Miles Teller on SNL on Saturday. Oh, he, that was good. That was – incredible like that was an incredible impression i was like i it sounds more like peyton than peyton does like he had everything down and from somebody who's had the the vision of peyton manning burned into my eyeball since you know i was very young i'm like yeah that's it he's got it so sorry i have a I had cousin to named peyton after peyton manning i have a cousin literally named peyton i went to college with like 30 people and most of them so girls so many peytons mm-hmm. a lot of Peyton in knoxville tennessee i mean we like i what do you think is the most a, common female name at the University of Tennessee? I knew a kid named Neilan Payton. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I went to school. With a, well, not not school. I knew him after. Yeah. Met him after high school. Um, I don't know. UT, like Ashley, Jennifer, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I have no clue. It's That's good a pick. good. I don't think it's like a. I don't. You know, nobody really wants to name their kid Pat. And so, you know, you gave him yeah, Patricia totally. or something as a middle name, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not the most kid name. It's like, it's like calling a, I've, I've seen a summit though. I've seen a summit. Yes. Yeah. Sounds I have bad. seen that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's either that or something with like two Y's in, in the name. So, you know, Brooklyn with like three Y's or, you know, just like Madison with two of them, you know, just, uh, just ridiculous. That's probably the other thing, I guess. I have no clue. But it's a good question. I mean, probably, you know, like you said, Peyton would probably be close for boys. Like, 
maybe it would be more of those, but yeah, that's a good question. You have to find that out, man. You're the man on the scene. I know. I, I'll, I need I'll my go, stats. I'll do some polling. I'll do some yeah. man on the street. Yeah. Uh, Survey going. Or just like next time I'm in Neil and just yell out a, a variety of names and see how many people turn their heads. That'd be <laughs> a good one. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, like Larry from uh, Impractical Jokers, just that that running bit of just yelling, Larry. That, that's what I could do. Yeah, um, yeah. Charlie Burris, Brian Baston, thank you as always, my friends. And I will talk to y'all next week. Go balls. Go, Go Preds. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.